So you ever thought about how much we do to take care of ourselves? You know, like these are the things we don't really think about all that much, but, you know, we do a lot just to take care of our bodies, take care of ourselves in different ways, right? Some of us work out rigorously. I should probably change that from some of us to some of you work out rigorously. I haven't worked out since about Y2K. I'll just put it that way, right? Um, now, some of you guys work really, really hard, and, and you, you, you know, you want, you want to be healthy, you want to make sure your body's in good shape, so you work out really hard. Some of us are dieters. I'm a dieter. I'm not a worker out, or I'm a dieter, okay? And I just want you to know, all of us dieters, every ounce counts, right? Every ounce that we lose counts, right? If you ask someone who is not dieting, they will likely round off what they weigh, right? How much do you weigh? Ah, 200 pounds, right? No, 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 no. Dieters do not do that, right? You won't even round to the nearest 10 or the nearest 5 or the nearest pound, right? You're like, I'm 199.8765 LQ, right? Like, like that's, that's how much I am. Literally on the scale this morning, I was bouncing back and forth. It was like, 189.8, 190, 189.8. It was going back and forth, back and forth. I landed at 189.8. I was like, I'll take it, right? Because every ounce matters. So some of us are dieters. Uh, some of you might be saying, well, I don't really exercise or, you know, worry about my diet too much. But just think about this. If you were to get sick or get hurt, right, you would go to the doctor or you would pray or you would try to take some kind of medication. If you're, you had a toothache or something, you would take pain medication, right? I mean, so we do a lot to take care of ourselves. But what's interesting, I think, is one of the things we don't do too well with is rest, right? Just this idea of, I'm going to rest. I'm going to make sure that I'm leaving space in my life for rest. Now, I'm not just talking about sleep. Sleep's part of rest. I'm also talking about just margin, right? You ever, as you're reading a book, you, you always notice there's a margin around what's written. And it's there, that space is so helpful, isn't it? Imagine a, a full page of just left to right, you know, words written out without any margin. Imagine how hectic and chaotic and difficult that would be to read and get your eyes around, right? You see, we're created to live with rest and with margin. And, and you know, before you guys get nervous here today and say, oh, well, why did I come to church today to hear about rest? I mean, gosh, it's going to be like a motivational speech or like, well, why is this such a big deal? I just want you to know, rest is a deeply spiritual issue. In fact, let's think about this for a second. God creates everything and then does what? Rest. I don't think he needed it. In fact, I know he didn't need that rest. He was giving us an example. Hey, we work and then we rest. As you read the Old Testament, do you know what God scheduled in to Israel? Uh, basically, their schedule? Rest. Now we work, now we rest. In fact, there was a time when God disciplined the nation of Israel because they refused to rest. So rest is actually a big deal to God. It's a deeply spiritual thing. Uh, it's not something God takes lightly, but it's something we kind of take really lightly. And it has huge implications when we take this idea of resting and having margin and having kind of rhythm in our lives lightly. When I was in college, my preaching professor, this guy is now the... Um, the dean of the seminary at the college that I went to. And I remember in our preaching class, we were talking about, you know, doing ministry and, and being in college. And, and he said to us, some of you guys are so busy and you are so overworked and you're doing so much that the most spiritual thing you could do right now is go to your room and take a nap. That's not the best thing to tell a bunch of college students, probably, right? Got a lot of amens in class that day, right? But some of us, if we're honest, we have so much going on in our lives. We have so much going on in our relationships. We have so much happening that we forget the importance of just simply resting. 
And today I just want to talk with you about physical rest. I want to hit that, but I also want to talk with you about spiritual rest, when God refreshes us. And I also want to hit on, especially if you're not a follower of Jesus today, but all the Christians in the room, I just want to remind us the rest that Jesus has offered us. When he says, hey, stop trying to earn your way to me. No, no, let me give you true rest. When we don't rest, let me give you a couple of examples of what happens, right? First off, our bodies don't function like they should. Harvard Business Review put out an article entitled, Sleep is More Important Than Food. And it's true. If you go a week without food, you're going to be a little cranky, but you're going to be okay. If you go a week without sleep, you're in trouble. Amnesty International least sleep, sleep deprivation as a form of torture, which means we have very, uh, very many young parents room with infants who are being tortured in life right now. <laughs> Got a whole bunch of you guys out there not sleeping, right? Experts say even small amounts of sleep deprivation lead to uh, issues with our health, our mood, our cognitive capacity, and our productivity. And so, man, our bodies need rest, and God gave us rest as a gift. He gave us margin as a gift for us to enjoy. Another thing that happens when we're not resting or we don't have the margin that we need is our relationships don't function like they should, right? If, if, if I'm honest, I would guess that if half of us in the room would just rest a little bit more, half the issues in our marriages would, would disappear, right? Because we're always at each other, and we're always cranky, and we're always fighting, and we're always... Man, I just wonder what it would look like if we actually took the time to rest ourselves and refresh our hearts in God, what might happen in some of our relationships. Every spring is a crazy time of year for Kelly and I. Um, Bryn is still finishing up basketball. Kate and Landon are both playing baseball. And I used to play softball before I started breaking everything at time I went out on the field. It's ridiculous, right? I walk out on the field and break something. You know, one time I was warming up before I was just running around the field. My left leg fell off. It actually did. No, I'm just kidding. I made that part up. But, but man, like, I don't know what happened. But that time of life just became so incredibly busy. And so every March, Kelly and I have a conversation. And we go, okay, we're about to get into that crazy season of life. Let's stay on the same team in our communication with each other, and let's make sure that we plan to rest and get refreshment and try to really manage this time well. And so our relationships kind of get messed up. You know what else happens? Our influence isn't what it should be when we're not taking care of our bodies in this, in this area of rest and our souls in this area of being refreshed in God, right? You see, God has wired you and I to be used in other people's lives, right? God wants to use you and I to have an impact. And when we are physically and spiritually exhausted, we don't have anything to give anybody else. Another thought I want you to think about too is God wants to use you in those times when you're resting with the people that you rest with. We're going to see this as we look at scripture today, right? Like when my family and I, when we rest together, that's a time for us to laugh together and play together and have fun together, but encourage each other in God as well. And so there's something to be said about just what can happen in that downtime, in that margin space, with the way that God wants to use you and the lives of those around you. You know what else happens when we're not truly rested? Our relationship with God suffers, doesn't it? Isn't that often the first thing that goes when we're too busy? We stop spending that time with God. We stop seeking Him like we should. We stop being in His Word. We stop crying out to Him in prayer. And we're just going, going, going. And we're not kind of listening. You know, if we've talked a lot about this, right, in the past, that we want to stay plugged into God all day long, all throughout our day. And I know for myself, sometimes when I'm just on that autopilot of craziness of life and busyness, 
I stop listening. I stop staying tuned in to what God might be trying to communicate to me and lead me to do at any given moment of my life. And so we often push God to the side. And the last kind of example of a thing that might happen as we refuse to rest or kind of find that margin in our life is that the storms of life overwhelm us, right? We go through difficult stuff in life. And when we aren't physically rested and we're not spiritually refreshed, often we're just completely wiped out by those difficult times in our lives. And so today I just want to encourage you with this idea, this really biblical idea of resting and then refreshing our hearts in God. And some of you guys might say, well, Doug, you know all those things you just listed about like pushing God away and relationships struggling and all that? That's never going to happen to me. I'm never going to let this. Yeah, okay, I've heard that a billion times. I've said it a billion times. But it's so important that we learn to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you enough to rest. And I'm going to refresh my heart in you. And so if I could just say a couple things before I kind of dive into the scripture today, I would say, number one, this is something that I'm wrestling with in my own life and something I got to get better at. So I want you to hear me say that, that, that rest is something I need more of. Margin is something I need more of. But the second thing I want to say is I don't want this message today to come off like you're in trouble because you're not resting. How's that going to lead to rest? Right now I'm stressed that I'm not resting. How's that going to work out, right? No, I want you to realize that God has graciously given you and I an invitation to rest. He's graciously said, hey, if you're working like crazy, you need to rest. You need to refresh your heart in me. And if you're striving, if you're, if you're not a follower of Jesus, hear me on this. If you're striving out of stress and fear to get right with God, then he wants you to know a spiritual rest like you've never known before. We're going to look at what that looks like here today. And so let's check out some scripture here. We're going to look at Mark chapter 6. You guys can look in your Bibles or look at screens here. And what's going on is Jesus and the disciples have been really busy. They've been preaching. They've been healing people. And Mark 6.30 says this. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. So Jesus' followers have been really busy. They've been out there working hard. And this is a good thing. We should work hard, right? I mean, we've done other message series in this church about working and about working hard and doing it to God's glory, right? So we should use the gifts that God has given us to make a difference in the world. I'm not endorsing laziness here today, right? I mean, if we're honest, some of us right now, we're working really hard on a master's degree in binge-watching from the prestigious university of Netflix, right? Like, that's, that's what, man, we're hard at work, right? Or some of us are going to that really intense school, and we're training in gaming, that, that intense school called Xbox, right? We're working really, no, I'm not endorsing laziness. We can enjoy Netflix, Netflix and Xbox and all that good stuff, absolutely. But if that's life, we're in trouble. We got to start working hard. But for so many of us, that's not life, right? For so many of us, We're just working ragged. And disciples in Jesus, they've worked themselves really hard here. Verse 31 says this, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And so Jesus sees how busy his followers have been and how busy he has been and says, Hey, let's go rest. And I just need you to think about this for a second. Jesus had the potential to be the most busy person who ever lived. Everyone wanted a piece of Jesus. I mean, he could have been the most rushed, anxious, right, looking at the schedule, looking at all the crowds, looking at all the people, but he's carving out time here for rest. He worked hard, and then he rested. Why? Why would Jesus do this? Well, let's look through this. I think Jesus rested for the sake of his physical body, right? His body 
functioned like ours did because he's fully God and he's fully man, right? And so his body got tired and he understood the importance of rest. And so he says, hey, let's, let's get away from the crowds and let's go spend some time just simply resting. I think another reason he rested was for the sake of his relationships, that they would function like they should. You know what I love about this verse? Jesus says what? He says, come with me by yourselves. Let's get some rest. See, I love that. He's saying, okay, guys, we've been working hard. Now come with me and let's rest. He's prioritizing the relationships within the rest. And that's what I was talking about earlier. God wants us to prioritize certain relationships in our life, right? There are certain, our marriage absolutely needs to be prioritized. Time with our kids, time with our grandkids. Some some of you guys who are single, time with certain friends and friend groups. There's a time to say, hey, let's just relax. Let's just hang out. Let's just Come away and let's get some rest. And when we don't have margin, we don't prioritize those most important people, right? Another reason I think Jesus rested was for the sake of his influence, right? He would have influence with those select few in those times. How many times in the Bible, right, do we see Jesus having little conversations with his followers and he's only with his followers? And in that time of pulling away and being at rest, he's able to have some conversations. But do you know another reason? It's so important that Jesus rested for the sake of his influence is because Jesus rested at times knowing, man, the crowds are coming. There's things I'm going to have to put some energy into in the near future. I've got some things going on that I'm going to have to be be able to face, and this might be difficult. Verse 32, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So I just need you to imagine the scene for a second, right? Jesus is leaving the whole crowd of people who have come to see him. What does this tell us about Jesus? This is so important. You know what it tells us about Jesus? Two things. First off, he said no to people sometimes, right? Think about that. Jesus said no to people sometimes. People wanted his time, and there were times that he was going to say no. And think about it. When he left the shores that day, the people that were standing on the shores had great needs. These were not just people who wanted to just hang out and play pool, right? These were people who had serious needs, and Jesus was saying, I know these people have needs, and I love them, and I've been here, and I've been pouring myself out into them, but I've got to get rest, and I've got to spend this time with my followers. And so this is one of the ways we struggle. I think, honestly, a reason a lot of us are so busy in life is because we just simply really struggle to say no. We struggle to say no to some people in our life that might be a little bit demanding. And here's what I need you to understand today, and I think hopefully this will turn a light on in your head here a little bit, okay? I want you to realize we are always saying no to someone. We are always saying no to someone. See, if your issue here today, the reason you don't rest, the reason you don't prioritize family and relationship is because you struggle to say no, I just want you to know you are always saying no to someone. When you say yes to the over-demanding boss, you're saying no to your family, right? When you're saying yes to maybe a person who's just incredibly needy in your life, and it's okay to be there, right, for people. It's okay to, to put ourselves out there and to be selfless, but, but sometimes we're, when we're selfless to the point that we're betraying our own bodies, when we're not refreshing our hearts in God, and we're really putting our family off to the side, then, man, it's time to learn how to say no. And you know what else? Sometimes when we say yes to a person, we say no to God, right? We say Hey, all right, I'll come do this. I'll go there. Okay, the boss is saying stay late. Okay, I'll do this again, again, again. It's okay to stay late sometimes, but when it's every day and all the time, man, something's out of whack. And so often when we say yes to that, 
We're saying no to that time with God. And so I just want to remind you, we're always saying no to someone. So we've got to get over that. We're always saying no to someone. And I just want to encourage you, say no to the right person at the right time, right? That's so incredibly important. As I was putting some of the finishing touches on this message, I was sitting in my living room at home. And my kids are in the den, and they're watching Full House. None of this Fuller House stuff. I'm talking old school Full House, okay? And I just thought this was so funny, because literally as I'm putting the finishing touches on this message, I hear from the other room, from the TV, Aunt Becky talking to Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse has completely overbooked himself. You remember this episode, right? Yeah, Brianna remembers. Good. She's nodding. Thank you, Brianna. So completely overbooked himself, and everything has gone awry. And she literally says the words out loud as I'm writing this message, Jesse, you can't please everybody all the time. You can't do everything all yourself. Guys, if Aunt Becky gets this, come on, right? Come on. It also shows how powerfully God speaks through horribly cheesy 80 sitcoms, if you will allow him. I mean, I heard this. I said, yes, Lord, I, I witness. I'm a witness to this word. And so we have to learn sometimes to say no to people because we are always saying no to somebody, either those in our lives that are, are so important that we often push off to the side or maybe even to God himself. And so Jesus said no. Another thing Jesus did here, and this is sometimes difficult, man, he disappointed people sometimes, right? And this is why we don't say no. This is why we don't prioritize our time with God. This is why we don't prioritize rest or our families, because we don't want to disappoint anybody. But think about all the people standing on the shores that day who were disappointed, and yet Jesus was right on track. He was doing exactly what he needed to do. Now, again, in disappointing people and saying, no, I'm not talking about being irresponsible, right? We work hard, but we've got to learn to rest. And so Jesus and the disciples pull away to get some rest here in the boat. Now, verse 33, the many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many Things. So Jesus and his followers pull away to get some rest. They did get a little rest, a little break, while they are sailing across the lake. But as Jesus sees the crowds, he has compassion. I love this about Jesus. He, he, he knows the importance of rest, and yet he wasn't dogmatic in it, right? He wasn't religious about it. He saw the need, and he ministered to them. He was led by his Father, right? And so he prioritized some rest, had compassion, and by this time, It's been late in the day. A lot of you guys know this part of the story. I'm going to kind of summarize this so we can move on to the next part here. But this is where Jesus multiplies the loaves loaves and the fish and feeds the the thousands there that day. Does this incredible miracle. But then look what happens. Verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus and his followers still haven't gotten that rest that they were so in need of. And so they had some uh, downtime earlier, but now he dismisses the crowds and he sends his followers and here's the most important part of our rest. Look at this next verse. Verse 46. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And this is huge. This is so important. Jesus knew that he had to take a break from his work and the most important part of his rest and his margin and his downtime was seeking Father. Tom Constable says this, references to Jesus praying always shows his humanity and his dependence on his Father. So again, Jesus is this incredible mix, not mix, he is fully God and fully man, and here we're seeing the human side of him needing rest and needing his refreshment 
in his heart. And so I want to say Jesus rested for the sake of his relationship of his father. And this rest wasn't just about sleep or Netflix or downtime. It was about refreshing his soul, right? And this is the most important part of our rest. Again, I'm all for sitting back and watching a football game or watching a movie or going out and playing with the kids. I'm all, that's important. But the most important aspect of our margin and our being at rest is when we are refreshing our hearts with God. And I, this is what I want to say. Don't just rest. Refresh. Be with him. Be in his presence. Be in his word. Right? We need to rest our bodies from the physical work, but we need to rest our souls sometimes, you know? And for me... Sometimes the most restful, I would say, let me take the word sometimes out of there, ever in life, the most restful I am is when I'm connecting with my Heavenly Father. When I'm bringing Him my anxiety, I'm bringing Him my worries, and I'm bringing Him my stress and my pain, saying, God, heal me. God, you care for me. I'm going to give you my anxieties because you care for me, and I'm going to allow you to do the heavy lifting here in my life. So God, refresh my soul I talk with you guys all the time about my late night walks, right? And I'm out there and I'm seeing the stars and I'm just like, everything's okay. Maybe in life it doesn't feel like everything is okay, but I'm seeing the God who sustains every star. The scripture says he calls them out by name. It's okay. And my soul is refreshed in those times. And we so, so badly need that. And Jesus knows that he needs this time with his heavenly Father. He knows he needs this time to be refreshed. And sadly, in our lives and in our busy world, the thing that often gets pushed out first is that time with God. Do you know why? Because God is never standing there with his cleats saying, you got to take me to my soccer game. Come on, let's go. Right? God's never the friend standing there going, we don't hang out anymore. Come on, let's go. No, God is the one who is is like Revelation says, he's knocking on the door, right? He's he's waiting. He's waiting for you and I. And And he's putting little reminders in our path all throughout our day. Seek me. Look to me. Let me refresh your heart. See, that's the beautiful thing about this relationship with God. So often we look at spending time with God as this thing we have to do when God is here saying, I want to refresh you. This isn't a thing you have to do. I want to refresh your soul. I want to give you the perspective that you so badly need. And so Jesus rested. And I love this. Just check out the screens. Jesus knew that he needed to take a break from his work and seek his father so that he could continue the work his father had sent him to complete. This is what we get backwards so often. God, I don't have time to spend with you. I don't have time to spend with you. No, you must spend time with me if you're going to complete things I've called you to do. It's like that old illustration I use so often. You know, when we aren't spending that time with God, it's like, you know, we're trying to power something without being plugged into the outlet, right? It's like we're trying to do the things God's called us to do without God. How messed up is that? And so we need to have our hearts refreshed in him. Rest is vital for being effective for what God's called us to do and be. Verse 47, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. So Jesus is up on the mountainside praying. The disciples are in the boat in the middle of the sea. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walk on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. You know what? It's a good thing Jesus climbed a mountain and spent time with his father because there was a storm he had to face ahead, right? And so often, when we haven't climbed the mountain and had our hearts refreshed in God, we're not ready to face the storms. Now, Jesus is different than you and I. He's fully God, fully man. 
You and I have the Holy Spirit in us. That's great. It's a powerful gift. But Jesus here has all authority and all the power over the wind and the waves. But I think he modeled that time spent with his Father so you and I would know how to navigate our storms. So that we would know that we need to rest and refresh our hearts in God so we're ready for those storms that we may not know are coming yet. I just wonder how many times we've walked through storms and been knocked down because we haven't spent time with our Father. We haven't had our hearts refreshed in that place. That's so necessary for you and I. Verse 53, we see another reason. Jesus had, had this all right, man. When they had crossed over, they landed at a town I can't say the name of and anchored there. I tried. I was practicing this. I was like, I'm just going to say I can't say it. Um, as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to uh, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Man, it is a good thing that Jesus climbed the mountain, spent time with his father, because there were some crowds coming to be ministered to. I wonder about myself, my own life. Man, have I missed opportunities to minister to people because I hadn't climbed the mountain and had my heart refreshed in God, you know? I mean, if I'm honest, and I think we're all like this. I hope we are, at least. Otherwise, I'm going to feel really bad about myself right now. But, but I think, right, there are times when you walk into the supermarket and you feel close to Jesus and your heart is refreshed. And if someone were to kind of walk by and, and, and they had a sad look on their face or they couldn't afford to pay for their groceries, maybe you would pay for their groceries and say, hey, I just want you to know that God loves you. And, and there are other times, if I'm honest, I hate to even say this out loud, I walk into the grocery store and I'm feeling so beat up from life, I can't even hardly think about talking to anybody. Right? I, I feel like, man, I need, I need God to heal me first before I can heal any, help heal, you know, bring healing and hope to anybody else. And I just, I just know that the importance of that time of climbing the mountain and being with my Father and resting and getting my soul refreshed is vital for those times that He wants to use me out there with the crowds. And I think that's true for every single one of us here today. And so Jesus had this so right. Hey, let's get away from the crowds. Let's rest. Our bodies need it. Our relationships are going to benefit from it. And you know what? I've got to be with my Father. And then I'm going to be ready for the storms and the crowds that come. And I, see, I think we see this beautiful example that Jesus has set for us here. And so I hope what you're seeing here today is this thing I want to encourage you to do. And I'm saying this to myself too here today. Here's what I want you to do. Rest and refresh your heart in God. That's my, my encouragement for you today. That you would look at your schedule. And yes, we, we should work hard, you know. And we should make sure that we're, we're paying the bills and we're getting done what we need to get done. And we should be able to say, okay, we have space for fun and it's good to watch Netflix once in a while. And I just encourage you to turn off that autoplay when a show ends. It doesn't go right into the next episode because you will never go to bed, okay? I'm telling you, you're laughing because you know it's true, right? And so turn that off, right? And refresh your heart in God, right? And so what does this look like for you and I? To, to look like Jesus in this way, to, to live life like he was living. And I, I think we see him resting, refreshing his heart and his father, and then having good relationships, having strong influence, being able to face the storms and minister to the crowds. Now, some of you guys might say today, Doug, man, this message just stings today. And the reason it stings is because I am in a busy season that I don't think I can get myself out of. And here's what I would say to you today. If it's a season... I think there's grace for that. If it's a season, I think it's okay to say, 
But Doug, I just got back to school. I'm still working here. I'm a single parent. I got this. Okay, you know what? This is not today meant to be something to put extra pressure on you. It's, it's a, just a reminder, though, to make sure that in any way you can, find those spaces for rest. And this season will pass, and then maybe you can say, okay, here's my season of margin. Here's my season of rest and being able to refresh and get into that groove then. But some of us maybe are in that difficult season. I would just still plead with you, make sure you are spending time climbing the mountain having your soul refreshed in God, because that'll make the difference in all the busyness and all the other things that you're going to. And so we have to learn from Jesus here. We have to learn to say no. Remember, we always say no to somebody, right? So we got to learn to say no. Uh, Parents, I'm going to become wildly unpopular with the kids in the room. That's okay. I got two in the room. Sorry, guys. Uh, Parents, we have to learn to say no to our kids sometimes, right? You know, I mean, if your world's like mine, I mean, it could be like so crazy with kids everywhere, right? Johnny's got baseball from 2 to 5, and Sally's got gymnastics from 7 to 9.30, and, you know, Pete's over there doing ninja stuff from until like 10, and you get home, and everybody's cranky and angry, and why don't we like spending time together as a family? We were all exhausted, and that was just Monday, right? That was just one day of the week, right? And so we've got to begin to say no, right? Now, will they like us and thank us for it now? Probably not, but maybe when they're like 25, you know? Mom, Dad, thank you that we had time together. Thank you that we had fun together. Thank you that we weren't always at each other. Thank you that we had that margin in our lives. And so I think, you know, parents, we've got to learn to say no to our kids. And kids, we've got to learn to say no to our parents. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Don't do it. No, bad advice. Bad advice. No. No, kids, I think here in the room, right, or kids or younger people or single people or, or people who are maybe older and have more flex, you know, um, more time in your schedule, I would just say, man, we just got to learn to say no to those demanding voices, be it a friend, be it a boss. We have to be, be able to say, okay, no, I'm going to prioritize rest and being refreshed in God. So incredibly important. I love what Jesus said in John five nineteen. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. In other words, Jesus had this amazing ability to be able to say, okay, When my father says go, I'm going to go. But when he says rest, I'm going to rest. And we see that here. Clearly in scripture, we see today that Jesus knew there was a time for rest. And I just love that Jesus is saying, okay, I'm going to do what the father's calling me to do. And here's what I have to surmise from that is that sometimes we are not doing what the father's calling us to do, right? Sometimes we're pushing past what our father is calling us to do. And here's a question I want you to ask yourself as you think about your schedule, okay? Am I going to do this because God wants me to or because a person is pressuring me, right? I get it. We all have bosses. We all, I understand. There are times you have to say yes when you don't want to say yes. I get it. But overall, as we look at our lives, as we look at the things we can control and the things we can manage, are we willing and able to say, all right, God, I'm about to say yes to this person who's maybe demanding something of me that I don't really have right now. Uh, Am I going to do that because you're telling me to do it, or am I going to do that because I'm just afraid to say no? I'm afraid to disappoint somebody. That's a hard question to ask, and I understand we're not Jesus, so we don't quite have the ability to hear the voice of the Father like Jesus did, right? But if we can just maybe take a step back and look at our motivation and say, man, am I going to do this because I should? I'm not going to do this just because I want to make somebody else happy. And by making somebody else happy, I'm probably going to make my wife or my husband or my kids or my, you know, my, that more important relationship or my, my father in heaven unhappy here. And I want to make sure I prioritize things the right way. And so I want to encourage you guys. 
to rest. God rested. If you're here today going, man, this sounds like a message for people who are weak. Well, God's not weak, and he rested. Jesus wasn't weak, and he rested. Charles Spurgeon said this, Rest time is not waste time. It is economy to gather fresh strength. It is wisdom to take occasional furlough. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes doing less. And so if we take this time to rest and refresh our hearts in God, I'm telling you, it's going to bless our bodies. It's going to bless our relationships. It's going to give us the ability to have that stronger influence, face the storms, and minister to the crowds. Let me just tell you this story. There's a guy named Wayne Cordero who's a pastor in Hawaii. And years ago, he was like just killing it in Hawaii, man. I mean, he was like the biggest church, and God was using them in such awesome ways. And all of a sudden, Wayne completely burnt out. I don't know how you burn out in Hawaii, uh, you know? Like that's where all us burnt out people want to go to get away from it all. But he somehow managed to burn out in Hawaii. And he wrote a book af- after several years of working through this called Leading on Empty. He was talking about, man, here he was, this pastor, and he was just leading his church on empty. He had nothing to give anybody. And he went through years of depression. He went through years where he said his, his faith felt like it was, it was super fragile and, and you know, kind of breaking apart and bruised. He went through a three-year process of counseling, getting his heart right again, and he was able to come back with a renewed vision for God, a renewed vision for his church and for their area. But he made sure then to always make sure he had rest, that refreshment in God, and that margin. And here's what I know today. If you're here today and you are burnt out fried, then your story can be like Wayne's. God can give you the ability and the wisdom to find that margin in your life, refresh your heart, and see it impact your relationships and your influence for God. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, I want to talk for a second about the ultimate rest that God offers you and me. And if you're a Christian here today, I hope that you just go, ah, okay, I want you to have a sigh of relief here as you're reminded of the rest that Jesus offers you. And I look at Matthew 11 as we just sort of close here. Verse 28, Jesus says this, how beautiful is this? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What's this talking about? Jesus is looking at a group of incredibly religious people who are trying to earn their way to God, and he's saying, stop trying to earn your way to me. I died on the cross, in your, or he's, he's, he will, at that point, he's saying, I will die on the cross and rise back from the dead so that I can give you rest from trying to strive to save yourselves. I am your savior. And today, if you're a follower of Jesus, I hope that you just rest in that. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope today that you will pray and think about putting your trust in him and looking at him and saying, Jesus, save me. Be my rest in the midst of all these storms of life and in all my strivings of trying to save myself. I look to you to rescue me. And so I encourage you today, find the rest in Jesus. He offers it on a spiritual and a physical level. It's his heart for you to be healthy. It's his heart for your family to be healthy your relationships to be strong, and your influence for him to be great. So let's rest and refresh our hearts in God. Let's pray. God, we look to you today, and in a busy world, it is not always easy to pull this off, but we thank you so much that this is your heart for us. And so, God, we just pray that you'll give us the ability and the wisdom, and this takes a lot of wisdom to know how to navigate this, God. How do we find rest? How do we look at our schedules and find margin, God? How do we for, for the sake of our bodies, for the sake of our relationships, for the sake of our relationship with you and our influence of others. God, how do we find this space? 
Would you lead each of us? It might look a little different for each of us, but I pray that we'll find this and not just push this off to the side. I pray no one in this room will feel condemned, but will feel and know that we're invited graciously by a God who loves us to find rest and refreshment in Him. So if you're a Christian, would you just pray about this? Would you think about this? Would you realize, again, that we're always saying no to somebody? And and can we, instead of saying no to God and maybe those closest to us, that we begin to say, wait a minute, I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to say no to some people. I'm going to disappoint some people so that I'm not always disappointing those closest to me and so that I'm not pushing my Father in heaven away. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I hope you heard about that rest that Jesus purchased for you and I on the cross, that we would stop our striving and stop trying to live up to an expectation of perfection and instead realize he's perfect and Jesus is the one who paid that price for us. So if you want to put your trust in him, I'd encourage you just to pray something quietly like this. Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for paying the price for me and offering me rest that my soul can be at rest in you. God, I turn from my sin today. I ask you to empower me to live a new way. But I thank you that you are my Savior and you are the perfect one who died in my place in your name. Amen.